Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Welcome back. Um, we, uh, we, we got it figured out, I guess. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're back. I don't know what day this is, but uh, sorry, guys. I had massive tech difficulties. January 22nd. We're back on a Friday. It's a little bit different of a schedule, but you know what? We're here. That's what matters. We're taken care of. You're good to go. It's time to roll. I, I legitimately lost everything lost everything uh, on the uh, tech difficulty part. Uh, I lost uh, a hard drive. I lost uh, <laughs> all my software, um, any of our previous shows that were done. It, it, it was it was terrible. It, it, it wasn't fun. Can I throw out a movie reference? Sure. Somebody gave the uh, men in black pen to your computer and it just just lost everything and forgot everything. Yeah, quick. <laughs> so quick story. So we're in a uh, in, an interview uh that uh you know we we can't talk about yet but we, we're doing an interview and i'm like all right ryan like go ahead and uh, give me permission to like record the interview and in hindsight that was a clear mistake um you know and uh we lost half the interview um so we'll, we'll talk about that going forward but then i ended up uh on the phone for an hour and 27 minutes um with tech support uh for my laptop and uh to come to find out essentially um without getting too boring for, for our listeners. Uh, my, my hard drive didn't exist anymore on uh, a laptop that was uh, 11 years old. So um, unless I plugged in uh, basically a USB uh, flash drive. 11 years is the cutoff for hard drives. Uh, must be, uh, must be because uh, the tech support person was actually so confused, they couldn't even believe that uh, that was the problem. They were like, you know, every computer in the world has a hard drive, but yours doesn't. And I'm like, oh, that's 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 great, that's great. Um, so we're gonna switch things up. I mean, you know, we we missed the Tuesday show. Uh, obviously, we're not gonna do weekend recap. That seems silly at this point, right? Um, but we're gonna do our buy or sell on the front half. Then our interview, um, because for our podcast listeners, uh, you know, we're we're gonna put the Tommy Chong interview uh, this episode. Um, he was a uh, he was a great interview. He's a, he's a talker, that's for sure. Uh, he uh, loves his stories. Quite a storyteller. Uh, for those who haven't watched the YouTube video yet, I'm not going to ruin any of the any of the interview clips, but there were some in there that I, I still think about, and I probably will think about forever. <laughs> Just to hear him tell it is is a fantastic leeway. But quite quite an interview, quite a talker, but so fun to listen to and to to hear some of his stories about his life. He's one of the funniest people I think I've ever spoken to. I mean, there are some other people out there that are probably not famous that I've would deem funny, but he is a he is he is quite a person. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like uh, you know, famous, not famous, whatever. I think he's one of the funniest people I've ever spoke to because uh, some of the story, well, some of the stories in that interview are are, are amazing. Um, I still my favorite one might actually be the one that we were told pre-interview. That's that's actually not mm. on the uh, yeah yeah no it's not on the thing. yeah we're not gonna d dive into that but uh, if you want to know talk to me or Ryan directly we're not gonna do it on the show yeah. but just reach out to us and and we'll tell you yeah no uh, it was uh, man that was a moment right um, so you know doing buy or sell and on the back half hot take six with championship preview um, Monday morning headlines obviously. Um, those kind of go by quick anyway, the Monday morning headlines. It's really just a, you know, a recap what we think will happen over the weekend. But um, Ryan, I think it's my week 
well, how about we do it this way? I will take the first half on the hot t- uh, on the uh, buy or sell. Go first. Okay. Then on the back half, you take a hot take six. How's that work? That works. I was just sitting here trying to think like maybe what I'll do from now on or we should do is listen back to our episode and be like, oh, yeah, that's who went first last week. Uh, No, no, that takes the fun out of guessing. Yeah, that takes the fun out of guessing. (laughs) Um, Okay, so my first story, (laughs) man, it's um, we actually just talked about this off air. Um, Every streaming service has the symbol plus in it. Discovery Plus, ESPN Plus, Disney Plus, Apple TV Plus, da 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 da. Uh, there's another one coming, and it's uh, Paramount Plus, March 4th. And um, here we go again, right? Here we go again. The streaming war is heating up, and this one's kind of interesting. So uh, back in the day, before 2005, uh, MTV, Nickelodeon, and all those channels under that umbrella kind of area were owned by Viacom, uh, which was part of CBS. And they were one entity. 2005, they split up. Well, then fast forward many, many years later, in 2020, in March of 2020, before the pandemic, ironically, uh, they closed a deal um, to just basically come back to CBS for for whatever. And it's going to have all all of our favorite shows of of Nickelodeon and anything CBS, but it's going to have Cat Dog, Rocket Power, Doug, SpongeBob, uh, Rugrats, you know, all those 90 Nickelodeons. Uh, I think it even has like Guts and, and, and Double Dare and Legend of Hidden Temple, you know, anything you, you name, Comedy Central, Chappelle Show, whatever. Um, not going to have South Park. Not going to have South Park. Kind of interesting because South Park's with HBO Max on an exclusive deal. But another one, look, I, I feel like I'm kind of set in stone with what I want to spend my money on. Peacock's pretty great. HBO's pretty great. Um, you know, I, I feel like I'm set in stone. I don't really feel like I need another one. I might do the trial just because to see what it's all about. But I mean, it's really just CBS's current streaming platform called CBS All Access, just adding on all that extra stuff and and, and, and MTV. So w- w- what's your thoughts? I, I think this is going to be a sell for me. I'm going to have to agree with you on a sell for it too. Now, I will say that Nickelodeon has not been the same since that, I guess you could probably even say like turn of the millennium. I think the last Nickelodeon show that I fully enjoyed was the Fairly Odd Parents, uh, because that came out. I think it came out in around like 2001, 2002, yeah. some, something in that range. But we were still young enough, kids enough to to enjoy it and, and kind of see it through. Um, but like Cat Dog, Rocket Power, Rugrats, that's that's the Hey Arnold. Those are the prime Nickelodeon shows. But I, but I don't feel like I have, I, I may do what you do. I may look at the trial and be like, oh, if this is something I feel like I want to see, I'll do it. But how many streaming, how many streaming services am I supposed to care about? Right. That's, that's kind of my, my issue with all this is every single person is coming out with one now and basically just finding shows that people are, again, supposed to care about. And, you know, every, I think people are seeing it from a lot of different perspectives. Like, oh, I like this show, so maybe I should get this one. I like this, so I should get this. You got to just knock it down. You just got to knock it down to a couple that you really like. Um, I, I think now, I've, and I've told you, and, and our listeners have been in on this as well. Uh, I finally have Fubo TV now for watching the Penguins and Pirates games. Shout out to my apartment complex for never telling me about the sports sports package. But so between that and Netflix and Hulu and Disney Plus. I don't really feel like I need anything else. I feel like I'm good for now. Um, Maybe if the Nickelodeon shows wow me, I'll be in, but I I think I'm going to sell it. 
Yeah, I, I think that's the problem, right? Like, because when we were growing up, obviously, I feel like, you know, the generation before us kind of maybe experienced this through satellite, really. Um, you know, satellite companies were turning around like DirecTV and Dish, and they're like, okay, if you want to add this channel, you got to pay for this whole extra package, you know, and you get 20 extra channels just for the one that you want, you know what I mean? And, right. and for this, like going forward, we know that we're in the streaming, like day and age, but like, I feel like I'm kind of set in my ways too, with what I want to like pay for Disney plus YouTube TV, HBO, Peacock. Look, both of us just named off four services a piece that we have, but I mean, if you end up adding all of them or even just, you know, like those actually four are reasonable, like price compared to some of the others. But you, if you add like, if I add another one or whatever, or even if you add another one, you, you might as well just end up paying for regular cable because you're, you're essentially paying for the same amount of money. And like, we've talked about it before. Sometimes people just want to sign up for those services just for the specific show. But like, I don't think I'm going to sign up for Paramount Plus just to watch cat dog and relive my youth like if i wanted to do that like i don't know you know maybe i would watch a clip or something on youtube like i don't think it's necessary maybe i know that they actually used to sell the box sets of those too so you know i'm a big oh, box set guy yeah. with <laughs> with the office so i will say we, uh, uh quick quick power rankings i know we're not power ranking guys but quick power rankings rocket power one uh rugrats two and then i think for my third i would probably have to go hey arnold yeah, that's a that's a tough one. I would actually need to see a list of all of them to make sure I'm not forgetting anything because I feel like I would be the person to do that. Um, what I do know is SpongeBob is number one. That or well, well, of of the older, I'll go with okay. the older shows. I'll okay. go with the older shows. Rugrats was number one for me. That was the one that. Um, fun fact for all of our listeners: funny story. Rugrats is actually why I know how to read because whenever I, whenever I went to, you know how in kindergarten, at least in our county, they always did the, they did the, um, what do you call them? Like the kindergarten home visits and the teacher yeah, would yeah. come in and be like, I'm going to be your teacher and this is what we're going to learn. So when they, when they talked to me, I said, I wanted to learn how to read. And they said, well, how do you, why do you want to learn how to read is, you know, is there a book? What is it? I was like, I want to be able to read the episodes of the Rugrats. So I know which one's coming on. Mm. <laughs> so yeah. Here we are, 20, how old am I? 27 years old. That's why I wanted to learn how to read was because of the Rugrats. So man, you're just a fascinating guy, man. There's, there's always something, there's always something about me. That's kind of the, it's kind of the interesting thing. Never, never keep it the same twice. All right. Um, all right. Let's move into a sports one here, folks. So let's look at another, another potential pause in sports. So I don't want this to be a political discussion of, of any sort, but, uh, you know, a new administration comes in there's, there's obvious things that are going to be pushed along and, and regulations obviously heating up again uh, as we try to deal with the pandemic. And one of the, one of the things that's been under scrutiny is sports. Do we really need sports or can we, you know, how can we make this different? Uh, I think overall sports have been pretty good in how they've handled this i know there's been a few outbreaks amongst teams or, or players being side sidelined with this but i think overall sports have done pretty well in their management of the virus and virus prevention uh, certainly you can't keep it away from everybody but um i just feel like maybe another pause is coming i want to sell this because i don't want sports to stop i feel again like we've done a fair enough job but i also feel like it's very real that we're going to see that we're going to see another pause in sports here, maybe within the next month or so. Yeah, I hope not. I mean, I, I've, I've 
I've heard that recently. Um, you know, seeing little news clips, headlines, you know, I don't want to read the story because I don't want to go through that again. You know what I mean? Like, look, I, I love sports, you know, our listeners love sports, but you know, most importantly is safety, but mm -hmm. really what it comes down to is these professional leagues need to get their money and players need to get their money. Owners need to get their money and look, they don't have fans. So they're taking a huge loss at ticket sales and revenue anyway. And they're taking even a loss on advertisers because advertisers advertise in the stadiums, you know, in, in ballparks and all those kind of things. But going forward, you know, if if cutting it off again for another two or three months is the way to get fans back in the stadium, like full capacity and not 25, I'm fine with it. But I mean, don't take my March Madness away from me again. I, I know I know that sounds uh, pretty ruthless to say, but look, I, I love March Madness and I love you know, NHL and I love NBA and <clears throat> if sports stops, I mean, we're right back at square one essentially because that's when all of it started last year. And, you know, March Madness, uh, I was reading today, they just changed their whole schedule around for the opening weekend. Did you know that instead mm -hmm. of Thursday through Sunday, it's going to be Friday through Monday and the first four play-in game is going to be on Thursday. That just ruins my whole opening weekend. Because I'm programmed to believe that those four days are noon to like 11.45 at night watching basketball. And now it's kind of on a Monday. Um, Sweet 16 got adjusted. Elite 8 got adjusted. I don't know. I just I, I don't want it to stop, but I also want people to be safe. It feels like certain players who got COVID over the NFL season, like Miles Garrett, it feels like the rest of the season he was limited. So I feel like even as healthy as someone like him is, who's at the top of his game athletically, it still takes a toll on you. I mean, if you look at him, he was kind of limited in snaps and, and plays the rest of the season after he got it. Same with Cam. Cam didn't look, you know, out outstanding, right? And, and uh, Carl Anthony Towns, you know, in Minnesota, he got it. And he's had a bunch of his family members actually pass away from it. So I, I want people to be safe, but the part of me is as well, I, you know, I, I want to watch sports and I think you're kind of in the same boat. You know, it, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that, you know, we love sports so much that we want to watch it, but we also want people to be safe. Yeah. Well, safety, again, we, we've said this through the entire duration of this show because we started it in the backside of the pandemic and we're still in it. So we want people to be safe, but, I think I would buy this in the sense that if you told me, okay, we're going to shut down sports for a month, we're going to try to vaccinate more people and do this, I would be okay with that. Again, I don't want another, and this is selfish to say based off of everything that has happened and transpired, but that that was a rough, what was it, I guess, five, six months for sports fans? Uh, March to like uh, the end of July. So, you know, four, four or five months, four and a half, five months, something along those lines. But Again, it's it's a selfish thing to say because it is about safety and it's about the health of people. And that's what we ultimately want. But, um, you know, if you could take a month or two off to be able to put people in the right place and get more vaccinations in there and, and process it better. Um, but again, the ultimate goal is about getting fans back in stadiums. I think a lot of people are ready for that. I know it sounds crazy, but I've never been more ready to walk across the Clemente Bridge into PNC Park. So whatever it takes to do that, let's let's get it done. Um, I will say my uh, fandom of Premier League has taken probably an unhealthy obsession here lately 
because soccer is the most obvious at times with the fake crowd noise. And then sometimes it is not like you, like when you watch other games like NHL and NBA, like you don't really pay attention because there's so much action, but soccer, there's like lulls, like where they're, you know, kicking the ball or, or whatever. And then they, the camera pans up and you're like, Oh, there's no fans, but uh, I can hear like the chant and like the skull and like all these fake, fake crowd noises that they're doing. Those are the kind of things I, I, I miss. I, I miss crowds. And I think when they do come back, by the way, I, I don't know if I, if I had the money, I think I would go to a premier league game. That's a hot take for you. Concerts are going to be pandemonium too. So. Oh, concerts are going to be big time. You know, I've, I've seen all these artists that I listen to that are like, when we come, when we finally get to come back, it's going to be wild. Yeah. And uh, I want tickets to all their shows. <laughs> um, so this is an interesting story that I picked out because it's January, whatever. And it just got posted actually on Tuesday. So it would have been on our Tuesday segment, but here are the top five most streamed shows now, these are shows that aren't originals like Netflix originals or Disney Pluses, okay? So, but these are the most streamed original uh, uh, or most streamed shows. And then I'm going to give you three of the most streamed originals. Excuse me. Number one, what do you think it is? I mean, if, if they're non-originals, it has to be The Office, right? Boom. Number two, Grey's Anatomy. Number three, Criminal Minds. Number four, NCIS. I didn't know it was that popular for people to stream. Number five, Schitt's Creek. The three most streamed originals that stood out to me, number one was Ozark. Number four was Tiger King. Uh, can you believe Tiger King was number four, the most streamed original show of the year? Tiger King and had like a one-week run where everybody really watched it. It was, it was one of the worst things I've ever watched. It really was. It was terrible. Carol Baskins killed her husband, by the way. Um, number, number five is um, Mandalorian. Look, it's kind of crazy, and, and here's something to go along with that story. The Office, ever since it moved to Peacock, Peacock subscribers have not only – went up by double at more than they already were i mean they they had 39 million subscribers or whatever it, or whatever it was now they've jumped the you know that and the office's popularity has actually even shot up more than what it was on netflix if you can believe that i i can't believe i i'm gonna sell this because i can't believe in a day and age where there's so much great original television scripted shows coming out the Office is still look. I love The Office, but I, I can't believe shows like that or Grey's Anatomy it, it are the most streamed shows. So I'm gonna buy it for the sole reason of The Office. Now you know I'm an Office fan too, and, and you know we joked about the box set and everything there. I think the reason that The Office is so popular in, in this day and age with everything that's happened. So let's look back at last year. It's, po it's possible that it's people saying, well, it's going to be off Netflix. And I know that for sure. So I want to, I want to get my watches in. I will electronically and raise my hand to say that I was one of those people trying to watch it as much on Netflix as I could. But switching over to Peacock, I think one of the reasons that it's been so popular there is they've built a lot of the extras, the deleted scenes, full episodes with the, with the cut scenes in them. So people are, are kind of experiencing it again in a lot of different ways. Now I don't have Peacock. I've not watched those episodes, but I think that bonus content is really enticing people to come over. Well, that hasn't even happened until March. The only season they've been able to do that for ironically enough 
the season three. That's the only season right now where there's extra footage, so to speak. What's the best season of The Office? Has to be season three or season five. Season three, because of the merger, Jan's still kind of a very funny character. Uh, season five, see, I can't believe they did 28 episodes of season five. That's insane for writers to write a 28 script season. Typically shows like that only do 21, 22 I, I don't know. I think it's a toss up between those because I obviously I love Karen. I love Andy. Um, Jim and Pam aren't together, which I love. Um, and <laughs> I really don't like the Jim and Pam relationship. I can't stand it. But season five is funny because of Michael Scott's paper company. Ryan comes back into play. Um, I actually, fun fact, I'm actually uh, right now watching episodes in season five. I'm a Charles Minor guy. I can't believe that, but I'm a Charles Minor guy. I, lo I love uh, the character of Charles Minor. You're, you're playing the antagonist on things that people don't like. I mean, I understand the Karen one because, I mean, she didn't really do anything wrong. It, mm -hmm. It's just the way that the story was told. But um, I actually think it's season four. So as far as the quality of my favorite episodes are in season four, but I agree that three and five, that's three through five is where The Office was really kind of at its peak yeah. in, in a lot of ways. But I again, I know four was shortened because of the writer's strike, but that that stands to reason. Well, so looking, go, go ahead. I'm sorry. Get to your point. Like also, Holly Flax comes into play, and probably my favorite episode through the whole show is the uh, the the uh, the can the the corporate picnic or whatever you want to call it, the mm -hmm. uh, the company picket picnic. I love that episode. That's a great episode. That's the end of season five, isn't it? It is. Okay, I thought so. Um, but but looking at the other ones, um, looking at the other top stream shows, so I actually have a question. So NCIS, does this include like all their different cities? NCIS, New York, NCIS, Omaha, Nebraska, NCIS, Cumberland, Maryland. Like no, no. <laughs> no, I did do research on that, and, and it just includes the original NCIS, whatever city that takes place in. I think that takes place in, in Vegas, I think. Okay, because while I know that people love it and people attach themselves to it, it's there's another one right now that's on network tv is it is it like 911 or something or like it's oh yeah chicago yeah. fire it's like there's chicago yeah, fire and chicago, chicago fire pd chicago fire med yeah they, i'm like you know what you could actually just make this one big show and you could just do you could just call it chicago you don't you i don't actually need to follow the police department the fire department and the hospitals you just kind of do it all together because you know what in a lot of ways it all relates so <laughs> You just kind of do one show, but I digress. I'm not a TV person. I watch sports. I'm not going to step on people's shows. But uh, last thing I'll say is I do want to watch Shit's Creek because that's that's one that I've oh. been told is very very good. It's fantastic. Uh, Johnny Rose, Eugene Levy. I hope I am as uh, <laughs> full of wisdom as that guy is <laughs> as his character because he's fantastic. I mean, it's basically. I, without giving the show, I mean, it's not really giving the show away. It's it's four extremely wealthy people. They end up in this small town because they go bankrupt. There you go. There's your sitcom. I'm in. I'm in. So I'll I'll get on that and I'll I'll give a Shit's Creek review sometime down the road on this on this show. But uh, looking at another sportsman here now, this is one that you've actually kind of been on the opposite end. But I'm gonna I'm gonna try to convince you here because. I don't know. Based on the results of this past weekend, I know we're not doing a, um, a full recap of the games, but look, Tom Brady can still play football. 
And I know that Drew Brees and the Saints didn't necessarily look the part, and I know that he struggled. Um, and, and Drew Brees is clearly not him same self, and, and maybe some of that is his shoulder. But I think Tom Brady can still play and still plays at a high level. He manages the game well. Um, I wouldn't call him a, a full game manager of sorts, but the way that he's able to play the game is, is very managing and meticulous. It always has been. Um, I'm, I think Tom Brady can play two more seasons. And I would actually buy that he plays two more seasons because he, he just looks good. And, and I know, again, you've been on the opposite side of that, but is, is there anything that you've seen from the last couple of weeks that would make you want to buy the fact that he could still play beyond 2021? No, because the reason I'm going to sell it is because whatever happens on Sunday, and we'll talk about that game, obviously. Um, look, man, he if he wins, let's say he wins Sunday. We'll just do this before we get to the, to the game preview. Say he wins Sunday and he wins the Super Bowl in Tampa, right? No, no home team or home stadium that's hosted a Super Bowl before has ever had their home team. Now, it, it's, it's going to be awkward in a COVID year anyway, but um, I don't even think when they talk about that kind of stuff, I don't even think it would actually matter because Super Bowl crowd is so uh, corporate. It's not like a national championship game. It's like very corporate. I mean, like, of course, there's fans of both teams, but it, there's a different energy from uh, from people that have been to those games that, that I've heard that, like, it, it doesn't feel like a real game, like when you go to a home game right. of, a, of a team. He would absolutely retire, I think, because what he would end up doing, I'm going to go out on a limb. I feel like I'm going to get uh, – a lot of heat for this. If he won the Super Bowl this year, he's the best sports athlete of our lifetime. And that's including Michael Jordan, Derek Jeter. He's the best athlete of all time. Out, I mean, of our lifetime. I mean, look, you got other greats in there like Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Ali and, and Babe Ruth and Mike Tyson. But he would have done something he's already done stuff that no quarterback's ever done before, right? He won five Super Bowls. He's been nine. He's won six, right? He won the sixth ring. He would have won a seventh in a year Bill didn't make the playoffs where I don't think he gives a damn about that, and I don't either. Like, you know, Bill Belichick's the greatest coach, I think, uh, that we've ever seen. Um, but it's just kind of funny that he's in the NFC Championship game, you know, in his 14th, and Bill's – you know, doing whatever he's doing. He would have beaten in his single postseason. He would have beaten. Now let let's you know for, forget the Taylor Heineke, but he would have beaten Taylor Heineke, right? He would have beaten Breeze. Breeze retired, you know, almost certainly. He would have beaten Rogers on Sunday, and then if he ends up playing Mahomes on the other side of that field, he would have beaten Mahomes. That has to go down as a single great greatest postseason. And when he played in new England, yeah, he lost to Peyton in that AFC championship game the year Peyton won the super bowl, but um, he beat Peyton Manning, most of Peyton Manning's career in the postseason. I mean, the guy would have done something that is truly historic. Like, I mean, like when you think about it, Michael Jordan, he won at the latter end of his career because he was so great, right? He was so great. And those teams were so dominant. But Brady's, what, basically missed the playoffs like 
I think one year and it was the year that he, he wasn't the quarterback. Like, I mean, that, that's how dominant the guy is. And he's been, he's been to nine Super Bowls, man. Like, I, I, I don't think he would play another one if he, if he wins a Super Bowl in a couple of weeks. The only argument I say to that is his competitive nature just does not seem to die because of the fact that he has, in fact, played this long because he does have nothing else to prove. Um, and the final thing I'll say is based off your assessment of his career, I think that automatically makes Eli Manning a Hall of Famer based on the fact that he is basically the only person that has beaten Tom Brady when it matters and has done it twice. Uh, but uh, maybe maybe that's a debate for a different day. Well, all I'll say about that, one of those catches is a complete luck factor. The other is the Mario Manning handball that he threw in that Super Bowl. That was an actual – that was a good ball, but it was a better catch. Yes. It was a, and I, I don't think you should be a Hall of Famer when you go legitimately 500 for your career. I mean – well, but, Joe Namath's in the Hall of Fame, and he guaranteed yeah. a win and more pantyhose. So, yeah, that's that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so this is kind of an interesting one that I wanted to throw out there um, on my last buy or sell. We're getting more uh, more unoriginal ideas. We're we're gonna have Game of Thrones prequel, another prequel. And it is going to be the second prequel that's going to go in development for HBO. I don't know what this one's going to be about yet, but there's already one in development called House of Dragons. And it's going to be around the Targaryen family. And it's going to be all way before, you know, the, the, the whole events of Thrones. But I don't need another one. I don't know if you, I don't imagine you watch Game of Thrones. It doesn't seem like something you're into, but look, I watched it. I caught up at the end of season four. So right when season four was ending, I caught up and I remember like actually going through the last like three or four seasons, you know what I mean? And like watching those and the people that binge watched it to catch up the last season and, and watch the finale, they don't understand how pissed off, you know, people like me are over like, that was, that's some of the worst like television or movie writing I've ever seen. Like the acting was good, but like, I don't know. Like after, after the way it ended, I don't want to see, I'm fine with the one cause the, the house of dragons or whatever, not to get too nerdy on you. I know when you, I know you love when I get nerdy on you. Um, that's actually going to be entertaining. I mean, you're going to have dragons still. You're going to have like a family that like essentially was like the powerhouse couple or, or family, if you will, before all this took place. And then you'll see how it kind of like fell apart for him. You know what I mean? But like this I don't know what it's going to be about, but I don't need another one. Like the the way the Game of Thrones original show ended, I don't want too much more in that universe because a it dilutes it, and b that has to that will go down the biggest drop off I think uh, of a show or movie in history of like hype, like to unimaginable heights that there ever was in our lifetime for a show, to collapsing so far that like we still have never heard a reason from the directors or writers on why the show ended. Actors have publicly came out and say from that show that they apologize to fans. Like that's how bad it is. Like, so I don't need like more stuff to dilute an already good universe. Like I, who knows, maybe I'll watch the show again in the future, you know, like rewatch it or whatever. But I mean, I, I don't want 
too much more Game of Thrones or just prequel or sequel or stuff anyway, because it it dilutes originality. And that's my biggest problem with it and, and why I would sell it overall is because we're we're just in an age where there, there's just no creativity. Now, I understand some of these rabbit holes are down way too far, i.e. Star Wars, where people were, you know, they're just going to follow everything. That's fine. I understand that. And, and I, I'm going to be honest, I don't think if when Star Wars was first made back in the, what was it, 70s, early 80s? 77 was the first movie. Okay, so kind of in the 70s into the early 80s then with the first and, and final ones of the original trilogy. I don't know if anybody would have ever thought that like, hey, in 15 years, we're going to have, and then in you know 30 years, we're going to have this whole universe that we've expanded out and done. But I think that's almost what people are trying to capture at this point is with whatever is a hit, everybody wants prequels or, uh, you know, character developments. And, and that's fine. I, I understand that. And there will be a lot of people that watch it. It'll be popular. Um, but I'm just, I, I need more originality. I need stuff that's not going to, you know, tell, tell a story of, of an athlete or um, uh, there's, there's so much in history that we don't have stories of that we can tell. I don't understand why we don't do it. And I understand that fantasy is, you know, uh, you know, for many, and it doesn't capture everybody, but it's an escape. It's something fun. You don't necessarily have to think about it in the same way, but like, I'm just, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I never was into game of Thrones or any of thing in, in kind of that universe, but I just, I, I have to sell it because I, I just don't need it. Yeah, no, I think the reason for star Wars, it works right. The universe is so vast and for the most part, Star Wars has pleased everyone. No matter how, like, yeah, the the um, the see the the prequels, you know, the the second, third set of films, people didn't really like respond great to those. But like, people still like certain characters from those. People still talk about like Jar Jar Binks from that first movie as like an ultimate like I can't believe this character exists type things. Like, those are the kind of things that happen. But like for Game of Thrones, like I don't know, maybe I end up do watching this show. I. I it's just you, you can't have a colossal bad ending like that in something and expect to regain the amount of people that you disappointed where Star Wars, they've done that because when they came out with their last third set of films, they were so successful, like they were so great telling wise and it all kind of interconnected and and you you got the mandalorian that everyone loves and and people are now excited for these other spinoff shows and um like one show that like i i don't imagine you would it's definitely not up your alley but lord of the rings lord of the rings uh is doing an amazon show and they've already uh, uh announced it for five seasons <laughs> because they know it's going to be that successful and they just wrapped up uh, filming the first season, uh, I think they're actually going to wrap up filming here in the next like a uh, couple weeks. So those kind of things, yeah. But I don't know, man. I, it, it's hard because you know you like those things, but then you you don't want to continue to watch essentially the same story. Yeah. Well, and I and again, I, I know that people will follow it, and and I've used the term before. It's not one that I prefer, but it it kind of in, encapsulates everything. Is the term cult following, and and people will do that, but that's to be seen. I guess we'll see how streaming numbers look after after those all release. But uh, all right, final one here. Now we we kind of talked a little bit about Hall of Fame, but this is always a hot time of year for the NFL Hall of Fame. The finalists have been announced. And, and there's always great debate over the 15 finalists and who should get in and, and such. 
Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say it on, on my end, Bill Nunn, the contributor for the Steelers and, and somebody who did a lot for HBCUs absolutely should be in, uh, did a lot for the black community in the 60s and 70s, but that's not what this one's about. So earlier this week, wide receiver Calvin Johnson stated that he would feel slighted if he was not a first ballot Hall of Famer. Now, looking back, just the past couple of years, there's been a big log jam of receivers and a lot of great receivers have not been added first ballot, uh, including Terrell Owens. Now, some of that could be attributed to his off the field or his, his locker room issue, whatever it would be. Uh, but other great receivers have not been first ballot Hall of Famers, Marvin Harrison, among others. So are you buying or selling the fact that Calvin Johnson is a first ballot Hall of Famer or is he is he kind of like the rest of them and has to wait? I think it's going to be interesting with him because I think he's going to fall into the Barry Sanders camp, ironically, where was Barry a first ballot? I think he was, right? I believe he was, yeah. But but the Lion camp of, you know, you're very, very good, but you play for the Lions. Exactly. By the way, they signed Dan Campbell, Dan the man. Um, let's uh, hope we don't have any more embarrassing videos. It, you know what video I'm talking about, right? And just keep, watch your kneecaps, Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean uh, – it's just um, – it's hard. I mean, Chris Carter wasn't a first ballot, and maybe he doesn't fall into that camp, but Andre Reed wasn't a first ballot. You know what I'm saying? Like, Terrell Owens wasn't a first ballot because of the writers just didn't simply like him. That That's the only reason in this universe that Terrell Owens wasn't a first ballot. I don't think Randy Moss was a first ballot, or maybe he was. Was he? Um, he might have been, I, I was actually looking at this because I didn't want to say the wrong things, but I think he may have been, um, but guys like Tim Brown, like Tim, I don't think Tim Brown right. first ballot, like it's just so hard to do that. And it's, it, you have to have, and Calvin Johnson wasn't exactly like always like the, some of the guys who ended up being first ballots, like Peyton's going to be a first ballot, like a no brainer, but like some of the guys who ended up being first ballots were like extremely friendly with media and like they gained more respect over the years. Like Larry Fitzgerald will probably end up being a first ballot, but I, I don't know. I mean, Calvin had a lot of injuries too. And, and I think they're going to hold that against him for a couple of years, a couple of years. Like he'll get in. I don't think it'll be a first ballot though. My problem is more with just the voting process overall. We, we touched on this in one of our last shows is, you know, either a guy's a hall of famer or he's not you seem to limit the number of people that you do it. And I understand it relates to the ceremony and you don't want it to be so long and your speeches can only be a certain, I don't care what, whatever. If somebody's good enough to be in the hall of fame, put them in because I'm not worried about what ballot they got in. I'm not worried if he was sat 13 times, like is the guy good enough to get in the hall of fame and, and people that are good enough to be in the hall of fame, I feel like should already be in the hall of fame but there are still a big group of people out there that are having to wait because, Oh, well, we've backed it up and we've only done it this way for a certain time. But I think Calvin Johnson, this is, this is an interesting one because my, my criteria for the hall of fame is being better than everybody for an extended period of time, which I think he was, but I think he's going to fall victim to that log jam and people are going to say, well, you know, other receivers have had to wait but in a class that features guys like Peyton Manning and, and Charles Woodson, who should absolutely be first ballot Hall of Famers, I think you may end up seeing him have to wait. But that'll be an interesting announcement whenever it comes out, because I always like seeing that. But Calvin Johnson is obviously more than deserving of his bronze bust in Canton. The question is more just when. Right. Um, so that uh, that ends uh, by or so. Um, you know, I. Uh, 
Tommy Chong. Tommy Chong. Great. It's it's fun. That's, that's really some, all you have to oh, say. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, if you haven't seen the YouTube video, uh, it'll be a treat. If you have seen the YouTube video, hey, uh, listen again and uh, rate and subscribe. And now our interview with Tommy Chong. All right, folks, we now welcome on the legendary actor, comedian, director, musician, uh, activist, businessman. The list just keeps going on. Uh, Mr. Tommy Chong. Tommy, thank you for joining the Two Ryan Sports Show today. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I'm sorry I missed the last one, but I'm here today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, again, we, we appreciate you hopping on and doing this. So um, I, I want to take you a little bit farther back, you know, in, into your uh, career whenever you were kind of starting off with, with Cheech and Chong and everything along those lines. Um, I just have to know how, how much weed was smoked during the production of those movies. Uh, not a tremendous amount because uh, we were busy working. Sure. You know. And, and and while we were smoking, it looked like we were smoking big joints on stage. In reality, they they were they were some pretty nasty tasting uh, uh, Indian uh, from India, you know the, the 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 tobacco. But in between, in between, especially all the driving scenes, because you know you didn't have to worry too much about hitting marks and. And, and remembering a lot of dialogue or doing a, much more than sitting in, in a car. And so all the driving scenes, uh, and we actually uh, ran the budget up a bit because we would, you know, the camera would be like a, uh, a half a mile away and then they would radio us. We'd be smoking a joint and they would radio us and say, okay, come on. And we would kind of ignore it <laughs> and then 10 minutes later they would say where are you and we'd say are you ready <laughs> and they would say we've been rolling for 10 minutes come on <laughs> but that's, um, that's kind of the way it works though yeah, that's that's the transition of it all so i, I understand yeah Tommy, uh, this is kind of a, an off-beaten path question, but um, you were uh, <laughs> you were Leo in that '70s show for uh, a couple of seasons. How um, how unique was that set, and uh, especially in a show that was sixty uh, percent uh, smoking circles, and uh, <laughs> you know you were playing the uh, obviously the stoner guy. How fun was that? It was so much fun. It was well. To begin with, they 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 wrote the the part for me for my character, you know, for the the stoner character. Uh, but I just found out recently that Mark Brazil, you know, the writer and creator behind uh, this that '70s show, was a big uh, Cheech and Chong fan when they were kids. They, him and his buddy went to Catholic school, and they used to, <laughs> when it came time to, uh, you know, for the sister say, okay your choice what do you want to hear and then everybody would say teach john <laughs> and then she'd say okay uh what cut do you want to hear oh, play sister mary elephant and <laughs> and then they would get uh, they would get punished you know for their for playing that trick on the teacher uh but mark brazil you know i just found out you know he's quite a genius quite a comedic genius since he was you know and we and we inspired him, so so uh, yeah. I'm finding out a lot about Mark, which I never knew. I, I kind of you know you don't pay attention 
you know, all you worry about is 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 your character and, and that. But the other thing that I have to talk about the 70s show is that I realized, you know, I was on there for five years. I missed one season because I was in jail. But I was, uh, I, I just realized uh, the other day they had a little thing about the 70s show. And I realized, you know, I never ad-libbed one line in that whole show. Everything I said with with my character was written. You know, I mean, Cheech and Chong is the opposite. Like, uh, we, we, never, we never really had scripts. We would just talk about what we were going to do. And it, it, we had notes. But, but that 70s show was the only show that I ever really worked at where I just did the lines that they gave me. And I had no problem with it. And it just shows you how, how powerful and how creative those writers on that 70s show were. I, I guess, um, you know, going off that, you know, you're obviously a big time celebrity. Who is the funniest celebrity, like, smoking story you have with? Like, I feel like if you've smoked with Snoop Dogg or Seth Rogen, I bet would be a great time. Like, who's the funniest celebrity you've smoked with? The funniest celebrity that I smoke with? Yeah, like the funniest celebrity, like, smoking story. Uh, let me think. Let me think. Well, I don't know how funny it is. It was kind of uh, crazy. Uh, there was a thing when, when Snoop Dogg had his uh, Up in Smoke tour. And, uh, and they're all over the country. Now, the highlight of this show was this six-foot bong. And... Uh, and I don't know how I got talked into it, you know, but uh, <laughs> I got talked into it smoking a six foot bong. And it was here in L.A. It was at the exposition uh, grounds. And and so the crowd was there and everybody's chanting, well, John's going to smoke a six foot bong. Well, the thing is, when you get in front of people, you do things that you wouldn't normally do. You know the adrenaline rush, and you got to show off, and and so I really give it a hit, you know. And you can't fake it. See that bong is so long, you know. You can't do it the little fake toke, you know. You had to really use your all your lung power, which I did, but I misjudged it, and and I give more energy into into it than I should have, and I got. Uh, lung full of the, <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, the whole the whole bomb went into my lungs, and and it took me a, almost an hour to recover. <laughs> I mean, I swear to God. I mean, it looked natural. And everybody was cheering and they were taking pictures and everybody laughing. The Snoop Dogg was cracking up and because uh, you know I I got suckered into it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, oh man, I almost passed out, you know, I, I mean, my eyes got all, you know, you get all bloodshot and, and, uh, and, and I, I never did that again. That was, that was a one and done thing. You know? So if, if it wasn't in front of people, it wasn't on stage, you, you may not have done it. So you kind of fell victim to peer pressure on stage. Oh, totally. Totally. <laughs> but, I mean, that's the whole thing about entertaining. You, you do things. You would normally do. You would never do it. 
that's why Cheech and I never rehearsed <laughs> because what's the sense? You know, there's no one there, so no need to perform. And then when you have to perform, you do things that forces the other guy, especially, I mean, that was the big thing with Cheech now because we were always kind of competing, you know, because I would, he wouldn't know what I was going to say, but uh, I would say something and then he'd have to top that, you know? And so it was like back and forth. That's what, that's what was a secret of our success because we weren't, uh, trained, uh, you know, weren't doing a trained thing. After a few years, the the routines, we went just for the for the good lines, you know. Uh, after we 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 figured out what worked and and you know, but uh, yeah, it was uh, you know being doing what we did. That was a whole point because that's what Cheech would do. He was like the class clown, you know. I, I always hung out with the class clown when I was a kid, you know, went to school. If there was someone crazy there, I ended up, I would end up being his friend and kind of instigator, you know. There was a kid I went to school with. He, for some reason, he, he had a plate or something in his head. Anyway, you could hit him as hard as you could with anything on his head. And so I... Every once in a while, I'd tell him to do something. He wouldn't listen to me, so I'd take a ruler and I'd whack him on the head with the with the sharp part, you know. <laughs> and 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 the and the rest of the class would get all sick. Oh, oh you know. And he would just sit there and grin. <laughs> no, I I always had a, I always had a cheech in my life, and that was the point. I was I was a younger brother. I had an older brother, and so so and he was three years older than me. And he was, we were both kind of rugged because we, we grew up early part of our country, in the country, you know, and, and country kids by, just by their geography, they're tough because country kids, they do chores before they go to school. You know, they have to, you know, feed the hogs. They have to carry, they have to do things that, that makes them muscular, build, you know. And, and, and if you got to push animals around or, 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 you know, carry wood, chop wood, I mean, you know, that, that's what people do now for exercise. But we used to do it just to, to stay alive. And when you do that, and, 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 and we were, my brother and I were half Chinese in, in Alberta. And, and that was like, we were the black uh, people in, in the neighborhood. And so the bullies would always pick on us or try to. But my brother was so tough. <laughs> he, he was legendary. My brother was very late. He, he passed away a, a couple of years ago, but uh, he, he was, he was, w w when I ended up with a, a, a nightclub, uh, he became the, the manager and the bouncer. And he wasn't that tall. He was about five, seven, but uh, tough as nails. Well, he played defense hockey. Mm, yeah, gotta in, be tough. Industri in industrial league, <laughs> you know that's where the ref if a fight broke out, the referees went home. <laughs> you know, they didn't break up anything, and and so that was how tough my brother was. And uh, there's one story about my brother. He, uh, I was in uh, the south of France at a luxurious uh, uh, hotel, Cap, Cap and Tibe, and we we're at the pool and we we're 
and uh, and someone found out that I was there, and so he was from Canada. It was a doctor, and he says, "Oh, I've been wanting to meet you forever." And I thought, you know, because I'm Chong, you know, and and so I said, "Well, I'm nice to meet you." And that he says, "No, I I know I knew your brother." He says, I was a doctor out of Deep Cove where your brother lived. He says, I got to tell you this story because I've been telling it to everybody <clears throat> because it was so amazing. He says, your brother came to me because he had a pain in his hand. He couldn't figure out what that pain was. And so they um, they put his they give it, put an x-ray, uh, put his hand in, took an x-ray of his uh, right hand. And they found teeth fragments in the knuckles. He had somebody knocked out their teeth and there were fragments of the teeth in his knuckles. Yeah. And it just, you know, my brother, you know, you, you didn't go to a doctor if you got, you know, ragged knuckles, you know, you just let it heal. And, and the teeth <laughs> fragments... Oh, I laughed at that. We laughed. We both laughed at that. And there was another story about my brother, uh, because when I uh, he was really responsible for Cheech and I, uh, because Cheech and I both worked at the club. Uh, we were. I, I turned. Uh, we had two clubs. We had a strip club, and we turned the strip club into a improvisational comedy club. You know, kind of X-rated comedy. And Cheech, Cheech, that's where I met Cheech, you know, because Cheech was a part of the actors. And so, uh, uh, and, and uh, you know, we, we were doing okay, but we got fired. Uh, the whole group got fired because the strip joint was losing money because we were so good. We had turned, we had turned the, the club from a, 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 like a topless bar you know, where you made a ton of money off a few drunks and a, and a bikers, all the bikers, in, into a theater where people would, you know, sip their wine and, and count their change, you know. And so we were packing the joint, but we weren't making any money. So my brother had to fire us. And so that's how Cheech and I got together because we formed a, uh, you know, I, I had been in, you know, countless bands before that. And so Cheech and I formed a band. He was a singer. And but when we went to do our first battle of the bands, uh, we we just did comedy. We never did any music, and so we ended up uh, winning the contest without uh, playing a note. And so when I when I saw that two guys could uh, you know entertain a, a, a rock and roll audience of uh, you know about a thousand people, I, I realized that you know I was sitting on a gold mine. But we had to get to uh, L.A. And that's where my brother, you know, he came in and he helped us uh, financially. And, and we got down to L.A. And then he supported us while we were down there the whole time we were down there, you know, struggling to make it. So so I really have to hand it to my brother, uh, for, you know, for that. But it was a whole uh, it was us growing up, uh, uh, you know. When, when you're a minority like we were, and we were the only half Chinese in, in that whole neighborhood, and, uh, and there were no blacks, and, and there were some natives, but no one messed with the natives because, uh, you know, the, the indigenous, because if you did that, you could bring the wrath of the whole tribe down on your ass. 
but uh, you know, two half Chinese kids, you know, we were targets. And and then my brother became so like he was my protector, you know. And so I always I had a protector, and so I could be a kind of a loudmouth, you know. <laughs> Except when I got in high school, I got in high school, and I was always kind of a kind of a, a troublemaker, you know. And uh, and one time, but and I had I never had my brother there. Uh, he was a, a couple of grades ahead of me, but all of a sudden, you know, in in grade school he could protect me, but in in uh, in high school. There's no protection. So one time I was in a class and this other hockey player uh, was, what was he doing? I don't know. He was, <laughs> he was doing something. Anyway, I, I made a crack about his girlfriend. You know, it wasn't nasty, but uh, about him. He was like really lovey-dovey with his girlfriend. And then I realized later, you know, the guy was, wasn't that bright. He was a goalie. And he wasn't that bright. <laughs> and he was held back. So he was like a, an adult in high school, you know. And I was, I had been held back one year, but he was like two years. So, so it was like an, an adult. And so I, I, when I said whatever I said, I forget what it was, but he waited until I was up at the back blackboard writing something on the blackboard. And then he came up and sucker punched me. And he thought that the fight was going to be over, you know, give me a shot and that's it. But, you know, I was raised uh, by my brother. And so one shot's not going to knock me down, you know. And so I turned around and, and uh, we went at it. <clears throat> and because we were both kind of too old to be in high school, <laughs> it was it was a good brawl going on. And then the principal, uh, oh, no, then the teacher finally broke us up. And then the principal came, and I'll never forget that, the, because the, the older guy that I had fought with, he'd, he'd, he'd been fighting everybody, and I didn't know that. And so, so they, they ignored me and the principal, really, literally. This is Canada, you know. I think the principal was an ex-hockey player, too. Kid, he threw him against the wall, and he, and he just, just not, he didn't hammer him, but he just grabbed him by the throat. And I told you, you know, I told you, I don't want violence in here. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, that that that's really how I got into comedy. Is just I was, uh, I always had some guy that was crazier than me to hang with. <laughs> Yeah, certainly, um, certainly made for a great career, no doubt. I mean, it's worked out well for you. So if you're going to be an instigator, be a great one, right? Well, yeah. See, the thing is, I was, like I said, I was a musician uh, all my life. In fact, I quit school to play blues guitar. You know, I, I, I smoked. The first time I smoked pot, the next day I quit school. <laughs> and I said, because I realized, man, you know, I'm just, getting into fights you know, <laughs> you know? And, and what are they going to teach me you know because I, I i wasn't i could never get a hold of algebra you know and, but i could play the hell out of the blues guitar and uh, and that was my life anyway and our band too you know canada see this this is where i got my humor from because uh, in order to keep from be getting beat up especially if you're a wise guy you got to make these people laugh you know and so I, I learned how to do that. 
with a with a buddy, you know, I'd instigate, and and there was, and uh, and so when when we did form a band, uh, our band was was classic because we had a, a football player, a singer, a black guy, and the thing is in Canada, if you were black, then you're you had to be a singer. There's you know because you look at the the TV and the, and the movies and all the sing all the R and B singers James Brown and everybody you know they're all black and so in Canada there was yeah a handful of, of black people but they're mostly football players and and Tommy Milton he was a football player he's a running back star he could have been a great star but he blew his knee out before he hit the pros but he was junior and he was a a, a football mate with my brother. And so, so Tommy was a singer. It wasn't that great, but he's a great dancer. So we had a great, we got a good visual show. And then Tommy knew of a, of a, a black kid that played piano, only one in Calgary, Bernie Sneed. So, so now we got a piano player and we got Tommy and Tommy and myself. And then we got a drummer. And then the a sax player was, he was mixed. He was mulatto. Uh, that's what they call him then. Back, you know, now there's mix. He was just mixed. Uh, Pete Watts, he was another football player. He was a guard. And my brother, I think my brother was a linebacker. And so we got my brother playing bass because we never had a ba- We never had a car. And we never had a bass player. And so I taught my brother how to play bass enough to play uh, in, a, in a blues band. <clears throat> and so that was our band. And so we were all, and so we called ourselves the Shades because we're all different colors. Well, we were athletes as well as, as being musicians, you know. <laughs> so, so, uh, and my brother, you know, he was, he was, a, he would collect the money for us <laughs> when we played somewhere. <laughs> and uh, one time we're at, we're at a, at a gig up north. And, and, oh, by the way, we're, this is Alberta. Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and between Calgary and Edmonton, there's a place called Olds, Alberta. It's the home of the Nazis. That's where the Nazis uh, made their headquarters, <laughs> one of them. It, outside of Calgary is the most racist country in the world. Well, that, the, the natives, all the natives from, from uh, America got shoved up there. And so the Sioux, the Blackfoot, all of them. So we're so Calgary was surrounded by uh, natives, indigenous people, you know. And so and we had a native playing uh, Dick Bird. He was the singer too. He was six foot two, I think, something like that. <clears throat> we had a tough ass band, and every once in a while we'd run into the racist thing, you know. You had to. It had it had to be depending on where we were playing. And and but we got a reputation. <laughs> no one, no one messed with us at all. <laughs> uh, and and because my brother was like the enforcer, you know, and we didn't need a bass player all the time. So sometimes he would be out. Because up guys, they look when they go to a crowd or a party or something, they look for the other tough guy, you know, and when they see him. Just like hockey, hockey players, you know, they get on the rink and, and the guy's got a reputation as being tough and this guy's got a reputation. And so eventually they they have to see if they're tough enough. Our, ba- our piano player, Bernie, 
he was not, he was quiet and he wasn't a bully or anything, but he was a, a brawler. He was a street fighter. He used to meet this other guy in Vancouver. After we played a game, he, they would meet in an alley and they would fight until the, they got tired. Literally, they would try to kill each other with, with no audience, no reason other than they were, they were fight. But I mean, that's, that, that was Canada. And so our band, uh, we, 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 we saw a lot of racism and we, we felt it. We, we experienced it, you know, and, and that, that really, uh, it, it helped. It helped me. I had a change when I got down to, to uh, <laughs> when I got down to Venice beach, <laughs> I, I had to change my attitude because I still had that hockey player attitude, you know, and, and uh, one time I was in Venice. This is when we were struggling, trying to make it, you know, and no, actually, this is when I was uh, trying to make it as a songwriter. I was, I was living in Venice with my girlfriend and I, I had a wife uh, somewhere in, 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 in Detroit. No, I, anyway, I was married with kids and everything, had a girlfriend. But I, but I was, uh, I was at, uh, we were at a store or something, buying some food or something. And this long-haired hippie, kind of a punk, you know, kind of idiot, you know. He comes up, hey, you got some spare change, man? Spare change, you know. And I said, put my hand in my pocket and I jiggled the change. I said, yeah. And I just walked away. And... <laughs> And so he, he said, hey, you dog face, man, mf you know. And I stopped. <laughs> and I turned around. <laughs> and the thing is about hippies down here, man, they don't, you know, in Canada, when you face off, you know, like pit bulls, you, know, you always keep a distance in between you and the guy you're facing off with because – Someone, someone's going to get sucker punched. <laughs> and so when that guy insulted me, I turned around, I looked at him, and he's got his face off. <laughs> My face off. So I, I give him a shot in, in the face, you know. A nice one. <laughs> and his beads went flying. <laughs> and, then, and then I felt bad, you know. Because you know he wasn't expecting it, <laughs> but it was a nice shot. I didn't, I didn't cause much damage. You know, you didn't have the teeth in your in your fist like your brother. You weren't expecting <laughs> oh, no. that kind of pain. Well, I learned. I learned. You never hit him in the mouth. Right. If you're going to hit anybody, hit him in the nose or in the jaw, or actually in the stomach. That's what yeah. I found. But I don't fight anymore. Sure, sure. Well, Tommy, I have I have one more question for you on our end. Um, so we understand that you are putting out a new line of dispensary products uh, with Teach. Um, so tell us a little bit about it. You know, where where can we find it? What items will you have? And and you know, again, whatever whatever else you can tell us. Well, when when pot got legal, you know, we got everybody approached us, you know, for you know, they want to make us rich, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and Cheech and I really, we, we broke up years ago, you know, and so he went on, did Nash Bridges. He became a cop. I, uh, went, did the 70 show and that, and, but I always stayed in the bong business, you know, in fact, my son and I, or my son started a bong business called Chong Glass, which I went to jail for. And so, 
when we got approached, we listened to him, but there was nothing exciting about it. <clears throat> and then, uh, I guess, uh, well, it has to be almost two years ago. Uh, uh, we're on the road with a, a friend of mine and my, 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 my son's uh, buddy, surfing buddy, uh, Danny. Uh, Danny um, realized that, you know, th there's no Cheech and Chong dispensaries and MedMen, they were going under because they had, there's a lot of hanky panky going on with the, with the money they raised. And, uh, and so we got approached uh, and uh, so my my son he he arranged it all, and so he got uh, Cheech and I to sign, and so we're, they're going to be Cheech and Chong dispensaries. We we get a, a a royalty. It's going to be run by you know pros, uh, and they're going to be all over the country. Right now we got Cheech and Chong takeout, and and we're we're really doing a good business with our uh, our. Uh, what do they call it? you know uh, individual joints? What do they call them? Uh, 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 rolled? <laughs> Fuck! What's the name of it? Uh, anyway, they're 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 already rolled. Pre-rolled individual. Pre-rolls. Pre-rolls. There, there we, we go. go. There are pre-rolls, and so we're selling them right now. But the plan is, before the pandemic hit, we had our eye on a, on a uh, couple of uh, places. We're just going to buy them and then take over and then uh, buy the license and, and then create uh, Cheech and Chong dispensarias. And they're going to have our memorabilia, the cars, the old uh, low rider or the, you know, out in front. And they're going to be filled with Cheech and Chong memorabilia. And then we're going to have... Uh, all the Ch Chong product and the Cheech products, and then everybody else, you know, in between. I'm, I'm selling CBD like like crazy, and so we'll have a. Actually, you can't sell CBD yet in a dispensary, but uh, uh, anyway, all that's you know. Now that we got a new uh, uh, administration in, in in power, we're going to have it legal. Mm -hmm. So we can uh, deal with the banks, and once we once we get that, then it's going to be a fair game. We're going to have, I'm going to the dispensaries are going to be more uh, like a community center, you know, not just sell weed, but I want to uh, get a community thing going where uh, people, you know, we can hook up people, you know, that people are looking for someone they can hook up there. And uh, you know, work or, or or play or whatever, and and it's going to be a lot of art, a lot of art because uh, our bongs are you know that's funny you know when I when I got thrown in jail, our bongs became collector items, and and uh, and they were going for some big prices, and so we hooked up with the other bong company, Jerome Baker Glass. And now uh, Jerome Baker's making the Cheech and Chong or, or the Tommy Chong bongs, the Chong bongs. And we've already had a show. We saw they, they start selling at five grand a pop. And so we're going to be uh, I'm, I, I got a, a million dollar bong uh, that's going to cost a million bucks. And it's going to be on display with jewels and gold and all that 
stuff to make it worthwhile. And so the 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 dispensary is are are, are we're going to deal with art, we're going to deal with music, we're going to deal with uh, uh, the culture, the culture, and 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 and, and we, you know, men men try to eliminate the hippie or the stoner aspect of it all. We're, we're going to embrace all of it. We're, we're going to embrace all of it because, you know, like the rap uh, uh, world, you know, they, they, they thrive off uh, pot, you know. And that's why Snoop Dogg and I have always been tight. You know, we've always been friends. And I, I was in a movie with them. And, and, uh, and, 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 and so that collection, you know, we're going to keep that, 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 that feel uh, and then Cheech and I are going to be doing a lot of appearances in, in the places, you know, we're going to be, uh, we're going to be uh, hands-on, you know, and promoting and, and everything else. And, and then we're, uh, we're, we're looking to buy our own grow so, so that we can have our own grow. The thing is the, the laws have got to change, you know, they have to get a little more, uh, uh, yeah, away from the bureaucracy, you know, they, because they don't understand, you know, <laughs> like in Colorado, you know, you got to, I don't know, maybe here too, you got to, uh, you got to track every bud that you sell to the to plant it came from, you know, <laughs> which, which to me, it cracks me up, you know, because who's going to tell the difference, <laughs> What what bud came from where you know and who gives a shit you know if everyone I mean honestly they're just you're just using them to smoke them and use them what what's the difference does anybody really care except for the government well that's what I mean, but the government's always looking for some way to get their claws in there you know sure. and and the, and the thing is you make more money if you tax little no one. Mm cares about paying a penny tax five cent tax you know uh and and then the government makes more money you know I, I i read a book one time and found out hitler made more money off the royalty he got for the post office using his likeness on a stamp than he ever did from all the all the you know the all the uh, the, the stuff that he stole you know, sure. and, 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 you know, that if, you, if you've got a pennies coming in, it's not how little you make, it's how often you make it. Yeah, well, and certainly that business is growing. And as you mentioned, the potential is getting there. So uh, obviously, we wish you the best in that. And we hope that you and Cheech are successful in that and all of your business partners in that. But uh, Tommy, for now, we'll, we'll definitely say goodbye for now. But uh, again, we wish you nothing but luck with that. But I hope that you continue to stay safe and stay well. Um, and hopefully, again, we'll talk to you eventually down the road whenever that's up and running and we can get a little bit more insight into it there, too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right now, right now, uh, you know, everybody's trying to get over this pandemic. And, uh, and that's the other thing, too. I, I, I'm at home just having a ball uh, testing my products because, uh, you know, my test now is is how good is old weed? Because <laughs> I've been finding weed that's been around for, for years 
and then I test it, and I find out it's just as potent as as the weed that that I grew last year. So so I'm having a good time, man. Well, thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, Tommy. Awesome. Yep, Tommy Chong approved. We appreciate it. So uh, I, you know, Tommy's brother's a uh, you know a tough guy. He's a goon. He's yeah. the enforcer that I want on my team. That's what I learned. I didn't know Tommy Chong had such a vast hockey history, but no. And uh, I didn't. Uh, I, it doesn't surprise me, but the fact that he invented uh, they invented Leo for him on that '70s show, hilarious. Oh, By the man. way, low, low key one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Not just comedies, but TV shows. I love that show. That is a good one. That's one that I've never seen all the way through, but I've watched a lot of episodes of it over time. And, yeah. and every time I see it, I always laugh at it. So I probably need to watch it all the way through, but great one nonetheless. Um, okay. Hot take six. Uh, Ryan, you're up. All right. Well, we're going to start with a little hot take six here. So <sighs> this, this goes back to something that happened a couple weeks ago and has come full circle yesterday now. And as we record this, um, my first hot take is, is that – Maybe not next season, but uh, Dwayne Haskins will take over as the starter for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So we've seen this a lot on social media. We've seen the low risk, high reward. We understand that part of it. I was in, I was in the camp that he might get another shot in the NFL. Uh, I did not think it would be with my favorite team, but the thing about it is, is one one point that was brought up to me is, is, um, and I'm going to try to say it as delicately as possible, is, is that Mike Tomlin does a great job at handling personalities. Mike Tomlin is a is a person that can handle personalities and basically keep everybody together in, in certain locker rooms. Certainly did it with Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, amongst others, uh, and for better or for worse, it, big personalities, great people, but. Dwayne Haskins obviously has tools or he would not have been drafted 15th overall. Um, some of them will probably need to be developed, not probably need to be developed. We've watched him play last year, but um, my hope is, is that if they can, if they can manage him well, that he turns into a good starter. I'm not completely out on Mason Rudolph yet, but Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins is a Pittsburgh Steeler. Yeah, yeah, Jamarcus Russell on the uh, on the Steelers there, the Steelers. Um, I didn't know Jamarcus Russell was still in the league. How many years uh, veteran is this guy? I mean, he's like a uh, 13, 14-year vet. Um, 2007, he was drafted first yeah. overall, so four, um, 14 years. Man, he's just finding himself in Pittsburgh, you know. Uh, no, he's going to find himself in the XFL. He's going to be cut, I bet, in training camp because this doesn't seem like they're going to end up keeping him. It's just almost – I don't want to say embarrassing, but it, it's it's sad because I keep going back to the clip of him laughing when New York passed on him. And the fact that he's been so, so abysmal. You can't defend that, man. You can't defend it. And I cannot believe it took us this long to bring up that topic in the show because I've actually been thinking about that all day of who's going to bring it up first, if we get to it at all. And it's, I can't believe it, man. I mean, you're good. Are you going to get a uh, Jersey? No, but um, for those, <laughs> no, definitely not. Those who know me know that I have a very large collection of Steelers players autographs. 
So I've went ahead and added him to the list with a little asterisk. That's basically like, um, you know, if you can find one for cheap, do it. But I just, I, there, there was a camp where people, even in the, in the beginning of the off season and kind of towards the end of the season, were saying, take a shot on Haskins. And then there's the camp of people that say, get Watson. And I know one of my hot takes a couple of weeks ago was that Watson would be the starter for the Steelers, but it very much looks like it's going to be Ben Roethlisberger again next year. I feel like if he would have retired, he would have done it by now. Um, I would imagine he takes a reduction in salary. Mason Rudolph backs him up and then Dwayne Haskins will likely be the number three. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but yeah, um, a couple topics that have been prominent on our show the last few weeks, Dwayne Haskins is uh, now, well, not starting, but signed by the Steelers. We have to be the only show in the world that's given the, uh, this much attention to him um he fascinates us though i think are we a dwayne haskins podcast <laughs> we are a vegas raiders podcast uh added to the list um so this is going to be very interesting I'm, i actually think this might uh shock you because i love how we both have topics that neither of us know what we're going to bring up um my first hot take wwe pulling the super bowl nfl route and announcing their next three locations so Last year, they were supposed to have it at Raymond James Stadium. Little thing called the pandemic happened. They ended up moving it to their training facility uh, and pre-recorded everything. Did it two nights on WWE Network, Saturday and Sunday. Look, I we had Coach on a, cu- a couple weeks back. And look, I feel like we're going to have him on again in the future. He, you know, He's one of our friends and he supports us in what we're doing. Um, and I feel like you back me up on that as well. Um, but... They're, they're going back to Raymond James this year. Next year, they're going to go back to AT&T Stadium. And then uh, the year after that, in 2023, they're going to go to Hollywood. Uh, rumors are, and this is just, of course, rumors. I still follow wrestling because I find it all intriguing, that whole world. Because people say when you get part of that world, you it's like you, you are in on something that no one else understands. Cause like football players, you can talk to people who played high school football and you understand like bonds like that, but like, like professional wrestling is something so unique. People don't understand about it unless you're part of it. Um, people are saying the rock's going to wrestle in 2023. I, you know, I think that's just a, a, a fluke thing, but I think I'm going to go to WrestleMania next year at uh, AT&T. My, my uh, you know, as long as I can afford it, I guess, but, my hot take here is why are we why are we announcing if we're the WWE that we're going to go back to Raymond James? I understand Tampa actually WrestleMania brings in more revenue fun fact than than Super Bowls do for towns if you can believe that because um, of all the conventions and, and and all the kind of press they bring to the local you know they do charities all week and you know they're independent they're not teams try, trying to play a game. Um, I don't know why are we going back to Raymond James? And, and announcing two other locations when we could just do things the safe way and do it one more year as much as it would suck, do it one more year in your own training facility, then let's just delay everything another year. You know what I mean? Move, move Raymond James back to next year in 2022, you know, and so on and so forth. I feel like they're putting themselves in a box really um, because I guess, I guess they're going to do WrestleMania two nights again this year. They're going to do uh, Saturday and Sunday. And I, I don't imagine you watch WrestleMania, but I do because I still find it intriguing. It's like an event. It's like the most talked about thing on Twitter every year when it comes up. So I don't know. It, it, it's different. It's unique. 
um, that they took that route, but it was supposed to be in Hollywood and they, they clearly did not want to lose all the money that they're going to get from doing that. Well, I think, I think the reason, so I was actually sitting here thinking you talking about um, being more revenue with WWE, obviously the conventions and stuff too, but it, it harkens back to what we said in the beginning of the episode where the Super Bowl was very corporate, but I feel like with wrestling people were, that's, that's the Mecca. That's the Mecca of wrestling where, where people are, are basically following that and they want to see that. I mean, I know people personally that have said that, uh, and now you included in that too, that are saying like, that is what you go to if you want to see the pinnacle of wrestling. And I think for the most part, it's fairly affordable. I, I can't imagine it's like, super, yeah, it, it's, it's not like super crazy expensive, I would imagine, but like where the Super Bowl is, it's like $4,000 to get into the door. And then you sit there beside somebody that's not even a fan of the game. Yeah, no, it, it, it's not like that at all. Like I went to WrestleMania at the Georgia Dome, a stadium that doesn't even exist anymore in Atlanta. It was the Rock's first time back at WrestleMania since uh, 2004. And I remember just being in the, like the stadium and him like doing his whole shtick, you know what I mean? And he, he ended up rock bottom uh, John Cena that night and like, you know, the people's elbow and all that kind of stuff. And, and Stone Cold was there and, and, and Undertaker and Triple H. And I remember being like, I, I was in high school at WrestleMania. It was truly still to this day, by far outside of maybe a hockey game, the most exciting thing because there's 70,000 wrestling fans cheering and they're on the edge of their seat. Like, it's 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 incredible, man. It really is. Yeah, I actually wouldn't mind to see one myself because I feel like of the sporting events that I've not seen, people always say you want to go to a Super Bowl. Yeah, sure, that'd be cool. But again, it's it's more died down. But like a Premier League soccer game or a World Cup soccer game and a, a WrestleMania, I think would be very interesting because those are some very uh very big environments. But I, I think regarding the news of it of of them announcing, I think it's more, I think it's more maybe them just trying to build the hype around it and maybe try to give people some hope to plan. Um, I know some people have, I know the NFL does it all the time, but uh, maybe it's just the WWE saying like, Hey, like we, we understand that, you know, you want to be a part of this, but I, I agree with you. They need to just back it up and, and try again next year. Cause I don't, we're going to see a very limited fan capacity in 2021. Yeah, and um, I, I don't understand. I'm sure they're working out all the logistics, and they figured it out to announce it at this point. Last thing I'll say is um, to do WrestleMania again in two nights. Last year it worked because it was all pre-recorded, and it was just in their closed training facility in Orlando. But are you, if you're going to do WrestleMania two nights again, that means probably half of it's going to be pre-recorded on Saturday, and like it'll be airing from your training facility. The other half, like in Tampa, like on Sunday, you know, that that's all weird to me because WrestleMania is long, man. It, like when I went to it uh, many, many years ago, it was only like four hours. Now it's like six and a half. I mean, that's like two, that's like two Star Wars movies. But uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know next year. If, if, uh, if I can afford it to go, I will. I'll let you know. Yeah, I, I think that sounds, I think it sounds fun. Um, all right. So switching gears into another hot take here. Um, so this one is, this one's kind of based on a little bit of projection because um, we don't necessarily know how this is going to go. This is an NHL take. Um, so obviously we're in a shortened season and, and we don't have another one to really kind of compare in this uh, when it comes to season totals. 
So there were some projections on Sportsnet and other places basically saying, okay, this is kind of what we think could happen through a 56-game season if somebody averages a point per game a little under that. Um, but my hot take is, is that new to the NHL superstar, Alexi Lafreniere has under 10 goals this season. And the reason I say that is, um, you know, a little bit of it for the dramatic effect of, of the hot take six, but a little bit too, because I think it's going to be tougher in a shortened year with the shortened training camp for a guy to come in and play with his teammates. As good as he is, uh, I think they're going to have to learn a lot about each other and, and for the New York Rangers this year, where I think this team has a lot of firepower and I think that they'll be very good down the line if they can keep guys like Artemi Panarin in there. And then of course, Capo Caco is, is a soft player himself too. But I think it, it's just the, the unfortunate event that they have of drafting him in, in a pandemic shortened season. So I think that he will turn out great. I have no doubt about that, but uh, there was actually a very funny joke um, after his first couple games that, uh, Casey DeSmith, the Penguins goaltender, has more points than him because he had an assist the other night against the Capitals, which is crazy. But, but you know, everybody always throws those out there. But, uh, yeah, I'm thinking Lafreniere under under 10, maybe 15 goals. But I, I don't think it's going to be a big year for him overall. Yeah, no, that's a pretty big hot take because, I mean, he doesn't look great. But, I mean, I think with the modified schedule, the way division games have been going for everyone right now, um, I feel like he's going to break that barrier uh, pretty easily. Um, also, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me if they, uh, um, sent him down to the, uh, the AHL, uh, you know, the NHL's minor league affiliates. Um, I, I, <clears throat> I know he's not the topic here, but I will tell you two teams that look real good early on is, uh, Vegas mm -hmm. out West and, um, Philadelphia, man, they look, they look, uh, like they could win the cup. I know that yeah. I, I know only January, but they look uh, great. I just, um, those two teams stick out to me. And then, you know, for as far as that goes, look, man, I think young rookies, unless you're uh, Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid, if you don't break 10 goals, it doesn't shock people either because those are – Connor McDavid and uh, Austin Matthews are like Steven Strasburg when Steven came into Washington. Like, those are just generational prospects that, like, everyone feels like is going to be a hit and a home run, and that's what both of those are. I just don't think people believe he's going to be that. Yeah, I mean, there's there's very few players touted as a generational prospect, but I think he turns out fine. But obviously, to be seen, and as we've said before, this this segment has a little bit of entertainment value, so we'll we'll see what happens. Um, speaking of uh, entertainment, that's actually what my next uh, topic is in the hot take six. Um, so my hot take is stop crying, stop being a wimp, uh, Christopher Nolan. Uh, the director of the Batmans. I know movies you've seen because you've told me and you've said it on air. Um, great director. He also did Inception, which um, it's so hard to follow that movie. Um, <laughs> but he said um, in a uh, interview um, on Monday, uh, MLK Day, that uh, he's uh, almost 95% uh, sure he will not work with Warner Brothers ever again after their uh, announcement uh, that they pushed all their movies uh, this year to HBO Max the same day they come into theaters. And he's been with Warner Brothers ever since he, before the Batmans, and that, that's the only company he's ever wanted to work with. So uh, my hot take is stop crying because it's not permanent. It's just what we need to do to get content out for people, make sure that people can view it safely versus con 
like continuously delaying. Like there's a reason that they did that because they have a sense just like everyone else does. And we've talked about it before. Movie theaters, it's going to be a while. It's going to, we're going to have to be back to full 100% normal, normal status for people to go back to movie theaters. And if that's his take, then, you know, I'm sure another studio will be lucky to have him, but I find that just to be ridiculous. Well, I know we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, basically saying that directors are going to kind of dictate this a little bit because if they don't want their movies put out there, then, then it probably won't happen. I guess some of it is still to be seen, but you have to imagine that somebody who, even, even though I agree that it is a temporary thing and just chill, it's going to be, it's going to be okay. You would have to imagine that somebody that continually makes some of the most popular movies in, in America is is probably going to have a little bit of say in that and people are going to follow that lead um you know th there will be some people that are fine with putting it out on netflix and and other streaming services to get content out but um i i do agree though because eventually we are going to go back to normal and i know that end doesn't always feel like it's in sight for people but it it, it may not happen tomorrow but it is going to come so i think everybody just needs to just relax a little bit you know, buckle in, continue to take this thing seriously, and, and we'll get back to, um, you know, we'll get back to the movie theaters eventually. Yeah, absolutely. All right, final one. I think I might upset you with this one. Uh-oh. And I don't think you're going to like it, but I'm, I'm just going to, I just got to throw it out there. I'm sorry? Is it if it's Knicks basketball? I don't want to talk Knicks basketball because it'll wank. No, but it is basketball. Actually, you know, before you do that, let me get to my Knicks minute. <laughs> um, we broke our five-game losing streak. Continue. I know people can't see that, but I'm giving you a little raise of the roof right there because we we want the Knicks to do well for your sanity. Um, no, but this take is basketball. The NCAA tournament's going to be delayed again. Now it's not going to, it's going to happen. It's going to happen, but it's going to be delayed and it's going to be continually modified. And nobody wants this because look, I I'm with you. I, even if I don't know who any of these teams are, you know, watching Iona go out there and, and play Kansas is fun watching Sam Houston state or whoever it is. It doesn't matter who it is. It's fun to watch, but the NCAA is going to err on the side of caution again with something that that, that's that large they'll modify the schedule again they're going to delay it push it back a week to maybe a month but it's not going to happen as scheduled and it's unfortunate but they are going to err on the side of caution to make sure that they can in fact have it it will happen but it will not happen on time yeah no it's frustrating uh i can't believe you had that on there uh when we talked about it early, <laughs> earlier earlier uh, i had to keep my uh, my lips are sealed my yeah, lips are sealed but I mean, let's dive into it a little bit deeper, shall we? I mean, look, the Thursday and Friday of the opening tournament, it's exhilarating. Mm -hmm. It is truly, truly exhilarating. And I, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. There's been things on that Thursday and Friday every year in March Madness that I schedule my complete days around. And if I have like a doctor's appointment, I schedule it at 8.30 in the morning. If I have to go to work, maybe... Maybe I, uh, you know, keep an eye on the scores all day. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and I sit there and, and try to, you know, 
make sure to find out who's advancing in my bracket and, and, and all that kind of stuff. It's just, it's gonna be different. And I know it's gonna not have fans anyway, at least we're getting it, but man, it, it sucks. I, I mean, the Thursday, the, the reason it sucks is because the Thursday, Friday is I think more exhilarating than the Saturday, Sunday, because the Saturday to Sunday, you're in that second round and you have teams like typically like one or eight seed matchups, right. Or, or, you know, um, like not nine fives, like things like that. But that's that Thursday and Friday, like that's when you get like a little upsets here and there, like the 12 seed over the five or the 13 over the four, um, you know, you, you, you get those things and you know, those teams typically don't advance past the second day of the tournament, you know, when they, but they win, but that Thursday and Friday is insane. And I don't, I mean, it's, it's on Monday. I mean, I guess it'll be kind of the same, but it won't be, <laughs> you know, it, it, it really won't be because, uh, the, the elite eight though, the elite eight where they're modified schedule for that. That's, that's, I think the only thing out of this whole thing that I like, because elite eight on Saturday and Sunday, you get the second elite eight game by like five, six o'clock and it's over by like nine. Um, but you know, putting it on a Monday and, and, and a Tuesday, you, you have, more opportunity for people to see it, I think, because it's going to be in prime time and it almost treats it like a, like a national championship game where it's on Monday evenings anyway. So yeah, I'm a little disappointed. Um, at least we get it. Um, I hope they don't change conference tournament week though, because that's always the week before and conference tournament week is a week long affair of just watching teams who are terrible play on Monday work their way until Saturday or Sunday, if they can make it there or even Thursday and get teams that are on the bubble out. And I don't know, we'll, we'll see how conference tournaments are like too, because I don't know what if a team gets a COVID outbreak and, you know, they're on the bubble come conference tournament week, like, are they going to end up playing? Are they going to play with, you know, players? It's not like Dwight Howard's going to be jumping in there playing point guard. You know what I'm saying? You're going to have an 18 year old kid, you know, playing point guard and, and as, so I don't, I don't know. I, I just, at least we're getting it. At least we're getting it. Um, I project we get it. Now I'm ready for your last hot take. Wow. Straight to the point. Uh, not Let's even do it. Um, I just, I want it to. <laughs> uh, Connor McGregor. Um, he's going to uh, change UFC again this Saturday. He is going to beat Dustin Poirier, knock him out. He knocked him out the first time. Different weight class, uh, different styles. They, they're both completely different fighters since that last fight. Is it just me or is Conor McGregor the – like Ronda Rousey was a, like – everyone knew when Ronda Rousey was fighting that one year. She was on a massive tear. But it, it feels like Conor McGregor is like the Mike Tyson of our generation. Like when he fights, everyone knows who he is and everyone's going to watch him. And he's a supernova and he's a rock star and he's the biggest star the UFC's ever seen and probably will ever have maybe I mean they have massive stars but I'm very excited for this fight I'm gonna order it I'm gonna watch it um he's an enigma he he he's truly someone special and you know in UFC you have a couple of those guys I mean George St. Pierre you know he he was a superstar in his own right but like he wasn't like 
super well known to casual people like Conor McGregor is and, and same with John Bones Jones like those are people that are rock stars and superstars in their world but like if you look at a, a normal interview like if Conor McGregor was to go on Good Morning America like your average person would know who that is but John Bones Jones like if he was to do an interview like that no one would know like are you excited for this fight I'm very excited yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it in the turn that it is Conor McGregor. And and admittedly, I'm not a huge UFC fan, but he really is kind of the namesake of UFC. He's one of the people that that everybody seems to know and follow. And I think some of it does come from his like out of ring, I, I guess we'll call him antics and stuff that's happened. But he really does carry that fan base with him and carry people that care about him and, and watch it. So Look, I think it's going to be fun. It's it's going to be another one of those fights that probably breaks some kind of record, I'm sure. But people are into it. Now, I know if, if my memory serves me correctly, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, he struggled in his last couple fights. But it, it doesn't even matter because people are going to just continually follow him no matter where he goes because he is Conor McGregor. And he is going to sell tickets. He's going to, um, as we like to say, put butts in seats. And that's that's what he does. That's what he is there for. Yeah. Um, I mean, even when he lost to Khabib in 2018, people were still fascinated. Like, when's he coming back? So, um, so championship preview. Ryan, should we just combine both of these games, or do you want to break it down one by one? I think we can even combine. It doesn't really matter. I mean, I, I think um, I actually have fair anal- a pretty simple analysis on both of them, actually. I know that kind of sounds crazy, but I think it really comes down to a couple factors in both games. Okay, well, let's combine them then because um, I'm interested to hear your simple analysis for, uh, for this. Um, you know, to the, the Tampa Bay-Green Bay game mm-hmm. and Buffalo-Kansas City. We all know how I feel about Buffalo-Kansas City. Buffalo's going to smack them in the mouth. I don't think Kansas City – look, that Chad Henney play was incredible. Uh, it was more incredible to hear Tony Romo talk about it. I'm glad that he's doing the game. I, I, I love Tony. But um, it, it's going to be interesting. I think Josh Allen's going to get the victory. I think they have actually a little bit more to prove than Kansas City. And we've talked about it before. You can't just flip an on switch all the time. That's not how it works. Maybe in basketball or hockey, those kind of mm-hmm. sports, but not football. I feel like Buffalo – has a lot to prove to people because they everyone's still doubting them. No one thought they could beat the Ravens, I, I, I don't think. And a lot of people um, actually thought, you know, I think there were people who picked the Colts to win that game uh, in, in wild card weekend. So they look like a complete team top to bottom. And, and people sleeping on Josh Allen, sorry sorry about your luck because he's, he's here to stay. And, and here's a hot crystal ball for you. Um, 2021, put it in the file. Uh, Josh Allen. Uh, MVP, MVP. Fair enough. On the um, other side, Tampa Bay, Green Bay. We kind of talk, talked about Tom Brady's legacy on the front half just by accident, mm-hmm. but Brady Rogers, are you kidding me? I mean, do you need to say anything more? I mean, Tom Brady's in his 14th NFC champ, uh, 14th championship game, excuse me, um, first NFC championship game. Rogers is in his uh, third, yeah, third. And first time home, um, I don't think there's going to be fans there. There might be limited capacity. But these are two teams I don't – Green Bay smoked them in week six. Smoked them. 
Um, I don't think it's going to be that type of game this week because, mm, I mean, they, I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be a classic, and uh, I can't believe we get to see these four quarterbacks, two on the uprising, one an MVP on, on one side, and then two MVPs on the other, uh, Hall of Famers. I mean, what a championship Sunday. I mean, really, the the overarching analysis, Ryan, is exactly what you just said, and that's that it is a quarterback league. I mean, I know there are some other hot quarterbacks that you could throw into championship weekend, but what a better weekend than Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady. It doesn't really get much better than that. Um, looking at the AFC side of it first, though, I mean, I, I think the analysis is as simple as this. What's Patrick Mahomes' health? If, if he's good to go and he's ready, he's going to be the Patrick Mahomes of, of normal and, and he'll play fine. I think that the Chiefs would come out of this game victorious if he plays and he is up to that level. But if he still has these lingering effects, I don't think there's any plausible way that you can still pick Kansas City to beat Buffalo if they have Chad Henney as the starting quarterback. No disrespect towards Chad Henney. You're right. He stepped in and played fine whenever he had to. But Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes for a reason. And Chad Henney was Chad Henney, Patrick Mahomes level. Um, you know, maybe things would be different. But I think it comes down to the health of Patrick Mahomes. And I think both of these games are going to be great games. And I'm going to be honest, when it comes to the NFC game, I'm not even sure I really have a, a deep analysis on it. I just really want to sit back and watch and appreciate what we're going to see between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. You don't really get to see these matchups very often. And especially because this, this sounded like it would only ever be a Super Bowl matchup before this year. So the fact that we get to see it in the championship round is, is going to be incredible. Uh, I, I always love seeing the people saying though, that, Oh, you know, and it's a joke clearly, but they're like, Oh, do you think that Tom Brady can play in cold weather? Because, you know, obviously being in Tampa, but um, I, I think I'm, I think I'm looking at, um, I think I'm looking at an Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowl. If Patrick Mahomes plays, if Patrick Mahomes is not hundred percent healthy, I will gladly take an Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen Buffalo Bills Super Bowl. Quick Monday morning headlines, uh, Monday morning headlines, Conor McGregor sets another UFC pay-per-view record and um, continues his streak back to regaining UFC lightweight championship on the other headline I have Tom Brady fine wine age is perfect ends up beating Aaron Rodgers makes it to a Super Bowl and then third headline sweet Buffalo Bill we're going home Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl beat Kansas City 24-23 in an instant AFC championship classic yeah, my, my first headline is, is actually a combination of, of two of yours, and um, I'm going the exact opposite. So my Monday morning headline is, is that if, um, obviously, if Patrick Mahomes does play, as we talked about, we're going to be looking at an Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes Super Bowl. But in true fashion, in true fairness, to your point, I don't really care who the Super Bowl quarterback matchup is, because as long as it's one of these, two of these four quarterbacks, I should say, it's going to be fantastic. Uh, my other headline is a, is a little bit of a dive into the NFL, but 
it is going to be that the Texans do hire offensive coordinator, Chiefs offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy, because they are not going to want to listen and entertain packages for Deshaun Watson for long. They want their quarterback to be happy. They are not – I would assume that they are not going to willing willingly wager the entire future um, to get rid of him, to, to kind of rebuild again. Um, and then the final one, this is actually just a brief announcement here because I know you love this side of me, one that you never thought you would see, um, NASCAR. So NASCAR season is coming up, and – my quick little announcement here for everybody is, is I've picked my driver. I've consulted with a friend of mine, big NASCAR fan, 2021 and beyond. I'm a Bubba Wallace supporter coming in with the new ride, 23 XI racing backed by Danny Hamlin and Michael Jordan. Sounds like something that's built to win. So let's go Bubba. Let's go 23. Let's take on Daytona in a couple of weeks. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> um, so Ryan, if they want to get uh, all this and our uh, you know extensive NASCAR coverage uh, and uh, Premier League coverage and uh, all of our uh, quirks, where can they find all this? How can they find us? Well, find us on find us on Apple and Spotify. That's where the main show is going to be hosted for the podcast. That's where the show will always be mainly hosted. Uh, we did post the Tommy Chong video interview on YouTube, and we will likely. Uh, post videos there from now on for interviews, even if it's, you know, just uh, just the interview portion, we'll probably continue to do that. Uh, but again, Apple and Spotify are the main platforms. If you really do want to see the video interview, you can check out YouTube and subscribe there. I think we actually already have a couple subscribers, so that's kind of cool, uh, even with just that one video. Uh, but if you are looking for the content, the memes, the show announcements, guest announcement alerts, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, to Ryan Sports Show and all of those platforms. Find us, follow us, engage with us. Let us know your hot takes. Let us know your takes on anything, whether it's hot, cold, doesn't matter. Send us your quirks, send us your NASCAR coverage, send us your Premier League coverage, whatever you think is happening. Let us know. But again, to Ryan Sports Show, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. And we'll see everyone on Tuesday. Yep, we'll see you all next week.